1: You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Yay! Welcome to the AME Radio Show, the show that is the voice of artists and entertainers everywhere. I'm your host, Jason Dowd. we got a great show for you guys today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we talk about everything art, music, and entertainment. Now, before we get into anything, check out our website when you get a chance. It's www.theamemagazine.com. That is where you'll find everything about the AME Experience, which is our TV, magazine, and radio show. You'll be able to see everybody that we have coming up and more. You'll also be able to go on and get all the links to our social media networks, and we'd love for you to join us there. Download our free apps on the Apple and Android platforms, sign up for our newsletter, and so much more. So please, when you get the chance, go ahead and do that. Okay, so we have a couple of great guests coming up today, and we're going to be talking about something that I think is pretty important, because I kind of learned it myself the other day, and that is resilience, so we're going to be talking about that in just a second, but our guests that we have coming up, we have Gregory Wolk and Ruben Estemera. They are the producer and writer of a brand new movie called Gene, and it's a really, really amazing movie. I hope you guys will get a chance to check it out. We're going to be talking to them about how the movie came about, and we're going to learn a little bit about the insides of it from the people that made it happen. So I'm excited to talk to Gregory and Ruben. And then we have Lucas Roback coming up. He is the founder of the Wellness Fair. He also is a sufferer of MS, just like I am. And luckily for him, he's got the same type that I do, which is the one that you can put it into remission, and you can kind of live a very healthy life depending on your situation. So we're going to be talking about the wellness fair and what inspired him to create this and what it's all about. So we'll be getting into that in just a few minutes as well, and I can't wait to speak with him. Okay, so what we have on the plate today is a thing called uh, resilience. And why I say resilience is because... When you come up with something throughout your life, you're going you're gonna to run into challenges. I've run into a really, really nasty challenge the last couple of weeks. And it wasn't necessarily with my artwork. It was with my new business that I've started up. And I'll tell you what. It really could have taken me out. It was very, very, very easy to do that. The reason being is is that, you know, for a startup business, when you're you're putting everything into it, you really kind of have to indulge all your resources and your money. And the money that you make off that business doesn't necessarily go back into my pockets. What it does is it's then reused and reinvested in the business to help it grow. So last couple weeks, we've been at these fairs and these events and stuff, and, and it was pretty interesting. But ironically, I got no response. I'd made not one dime on it. And it seemed like the more that I had shelled out, I didn't recoup. You know, at least if if I go to some of these other places, let's just say it's a thirty dollars fee to get in, and I make thirty five dollars. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I broke even. I made a few bucks, but I didn't lose anything. You know what I mean? But these particular fairs that we went to, I was actually losing because I let's just say it was thirty dollars to go in there. I didn't make a dime off of it. I didn't sell any products. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't drive any internet sales or anything like that. So what I ended up having to do is I lost the money that brought me there. And then I, you have to, you got gas. You have your typical, you got to eat. So, you know, it does cost you money. And I, I actually lost money for those. So that's been a really tough challenge for me to come up with and trying to figure out a way to breaking into that mold. But the second part of that is, is that when I went to that Tarpon Springs event, and it almost wiped me out. I mean, electronics, tent, everything, gone. And um, it really took a toll on me that one. I really thought that that would take me out. However, I had it in my in my mind that I was never going to let anything take me out. I'm going. The only person that's going to take me out is myself, and that's by me saying, you know what? I give up. That is the only way that you can truly defeat somebody along the way. They have to physically let you win, and I'm too ornery for that. So I've been hitting back left and right, and I've been looking for new ways to make this thing work. You know, you, I'm running into a into like that plateau. You know, I, I have a lot of great customers, and I have a lot of things that are going great, but I want to increase that. I want to get to the next level, and I have been been met with tremendous amount of resistance. So what I've realized to do one of the best ways to do this is to step back. When you are so engulfed in whatever it may be, artwork, business, family, whatever it is, if you get so engrossed in it, you almost get to the point where you you lose track of what's going on around you. You, know? you need to step back and you need, to, you need to just take some time to think. Clear your head and then focus on the, the challenge at hand. For me... One of the things I did was I put on some aromatherapy. Because you know what? Aromatherapy, no matter what pos- you're trying to do in life, there's that smell that can just make things so much better. It helps clear out your mind, your soul, your body. And it's an amazing trick. The second thing is I put on great music. Stuff that can... I don't want to put on stuff that depresses me. I don't want to put on songs that remind me of a bad time. I put on songs that inspire me. And I encourage... Anybody that wants to do this too. Aromatherapy, songs that encourage you. And if that's death metal, then that's death metal. If that's, you know, f- f- ragtag um, 1930s and 40s music, then you put that on, ragtime. Or if it's rock and roll, put it on. Whatever it is, just make sure it inspires you some in some way, shape, or form. But one of the biggest tricks I love is... And it's the way that I have been able to clear my head probably better than anything is the nighttime. I have come up with some of my best ideas and some of my biggest loophole get arounders in at night. And I what I what I love doing is I love going outside, sitting down in the complete darkness. You hear the the calmness of the night. You know that that is the death of that day. That day will never be back again. So when that sun comes out tomorrow, it's a brand new start. And if you focus on that and look up in the sky, you can see for millions and millions of miles and you've got to realize that there is no end that we know of. That is just so inspiring and so calming. The night just sucks up that bad juju and just disperses it out into the, into the sky. Nothing around you. You can see what the heavens have created around you. And how big they are, but yet they seem so small. And that helps you put things into perspective. There's something very spiritual and something very calming about the night. And I encourage anybody that has the opportunity to just go sit outside, complete darkness, look up at the sky, close your eyes if you want to. And just listen to the, to the calmness of the night around you. And it will do amazing things. So those are some of my tricks and tips that I can tell you that have helped me create ideas along the way, create my artwork, um, come up with ways of getting into a gallery when it's very hard to get into a gallery, and of course, find that inspiration to get around an obstacle that is in your way. For me, right now, it's just it's opportunities. I'm looking for opportunities. And when you don't have enough money to invest in marketing and stuff, you got to find other ways of doing it and it's tough. So, heed my heed my advice, try it sometime. Go outside, play music, listen to aroma, aromatherapy. Do all three of them if you if you want to and see what it does for you. See if it clears your head. And it doesn't matter what type of thing you're working on. Like I said, business or art, your family, whatever whatever troubles you. This is an amazing way to come up with a great solution and fight back against the resistance against you alright guys that's all I have for you right now what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back we got Gregory and Ruben on the line to talk about their movie Gene you're not going to want to miss this we'll be right back after this I'm Gladdy the dachshund the face of Gladdy's goodies are you worried about your pet's health my parents were too especially since I developed pancreatitis they couldn't find any treats I could eat so they made some our natural treats are healthy for all dogs, with and without health issues. We have lots of delicious flavors like chicken, turkey, salmon, sweet potato, beef, and more. With our homemade treats, you won't worry about the contents because they have no chemicals, fillers, or bad ingredients. Go to gladdiesgoodies.com now to get your fur friend a bag. And pick them up some swag while you're there. You'll be glad you did. Remember, we have the treats and swag to make their tails wag. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Again, that's gladdy'sgoodies.com.
2: Hey guys, it's Lily Mae Silverstein playing Penny
3: in my new movie, Alex and Me, which will come out digitally on June 19th, so go check it out.
2: Hey, it's your girl, Alicia G, on AME Radio. Be sure to listen to my new song Cash and Nap and be sure to follow me on all my
1: social media at Alicia G. World. Love y'all.
2: Well, our hearts be like thunder I don't know why they don't explode You got your hands in my back pockets And Sam Cooke singing on the radio
1: Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have in line with us our two special guests. They are Gregory Walk and Ruben Estramera. and they are executive producers of a brand new movie called Gene. And we're excited to talk to them about their project and what the what the movie is all about. And we're going to show you that there's something really cool to see coming out in here in the next couple of weeks. So, welcome to the show, uh, guys. How are you doing today?
2: Thank you. Uh, pretty well. Time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, doing well.
1: Well, thank you for uh, joining me and uh, talking about your movie, because I think this is going to be a lot of fun.
2: Yes, I think so, too. It's a really nice, uh, sweet movie.
1: Well, I love talking about movies, and you know, and I love showing new artwork, and this is obviously something you guys have put together. Um, I guess kind of let's start with uh, Gregory, and then we're going to go to Ruben. Tell us a little bit about how you got into making movies and being producers and stuff.
2: Well, about... Um seven years ago, which is not not a long time for some people in the film-making industry, but I've been writing uh, quite a long time, and I've written about 15 novels, uh, fiction novels, that are on Amazon so so forth, self-published. And I was getting interested in in seeing what it would be like to be made into movies. I spent some time reaching out to people in Hollywood, but because I didn't know anyone, I couldn't really get through um, you know they have it's it's a quick as you know and so I figured why not just you know you know put my money where my mouth is and get out there and try to, try it myself and so we Ruben and I decided uh, to take some of our um, savings and and make the movie and actually Gene is the very first film that that we made
1: wow and how about you Ruben how did you get into it
0: uh, well um, I was Greg with his Endeavors when he started doing the uh, the writing of the novels, um, and um, I saw that he had a lot of talent, and I read everything he's, he's written, and he started to write uh, scripts, and they were like a lot of fun to read, and I thought, wow, there's this, this a lot of talent here, and um, and he was just going to be gun whole and jump into it and start, uh, you know, making a film, and I I said, well, hey, I'll support you, let's do it, uh, let's go ahead and then and. And then see what we can do, and here we are. Um, so yeah, it's been fun just seeing this grow, and and uh, this movie, as Greg mentioned, being the first one, Gene, um, was so beautifully done and so touching. Um, when I first saw it after, you know, it was all done, and uh, I couldn't believe how pretty of a film it was, how a great family film. It just gave me a a great uh, feeling about family watching this film. So. so the, Great, great, watch.
1: So, when this movie came about, is there any truth behind it? Any, any, um, nonfiction that can, uh, that leads to this, uh, movie? And if so, kind of tell us a little bit about that story. If not, what made you come up with the concept for the story?
2: Uh, there is some nonfiction, uh, involved in it. Uh, Jean is one of my sisters, and the, um the two adults in the film, um, Patricia and Albert, are my mom and dad mm-hmm. uh, in real life. Uh, but because we cast uh, Jean in the film a little bit younger, we in the film they're actually her grandparents. But in, in real life, um, Jean. You know, it's my sister, and these are my parents. And um, it just um, Jean was the caregiver for the family. So when both my parents started getting up in age, she'd be over there doing all the work, and we. The rest of the family. Even. I'm one of 11 children, so you would think that it should be easy. There's so many of us to spread <laughs> right. spread around. But you know how it is. It usually doesn't happen that way. One person, either because they want to or people just think they're good at it, they get, you know, get to do it. And it was sort of like she loved doing it, but you know it takes away some of your life too. You kind of you're giving to other people mm-hmm. like any caregiver. So I wanted to kind of acknowledge that role that she's done and show about how she lost part of her life, but she gained a lot of wisdom and joy from helping them. and It's kind of the two sides of a coin of how it is to do things for other people. Mm -hmm. So that's really what brought it about.
1: Now, Ruben, when you first read the script and stuff like that, what made you think that this could be a hit, that you wanted to be 100% into this and and help make this project into fruition?
0: It it felt... um I felt very passionate um, when I was reading it, Um, and um, um, I I can feel the characters and and, um, coming coming alive because I I also know um, Greg's parents or knew his parents and um, and his sister Jean, (laughs) and um, and I saw the connection and 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 more. I saw really uh, this young girl coming of age and taking these this responsibility. So it's such a big responsibility in, in her young life to be handling, but she was so courageous and, um, and so willing to give herself to her grandparents. So bringing through the script felt, felt so sweet and kind and loving that, uh, it was something that I thought and along with Greg that I think this would be a really pretty film to put out there. Um, and, um, yeah, and it, and I feel like it brought that. So the script gave me gave me that feel of how wonderful um, this little girl and this life that she's been in put in to to do
2: what she had to do to take care or look for her uh, her grandparents. Mm-hmm. And aside from the um, nonfiction part of it, at the same time that I thought of it as when the Revenant came out with uh, Leo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow. Well, um, wouldn't it, I kind of picture Gene as his character out in the wild? Because my father would kind of have some issues with uh, uh, forgetting where he was, and he would get lost, and she would have to go out looking for him. Sometimes in the woods around where we lived. So this this is what happened in the film. We depict Gene as going out to look for him as one of these times, and she actually gets lost herself, and then that's where she encounters more of the adventure of the film, where we brought in all kinds of. Wild animals, you know, wild, you know, wolves and foxes, spiders, snakes, uh, all kinds of uh, cool and kind of scary things that she then encounters in the in the film. So, it, you know, it's sort of a combination. It's a family adventure film, I would say, more than um, just you know, they're not really in the house just talking a lot. There, it's mostly outside in the desert of Sedona, Arizona, and uh, it's just cool. You know, she's finding herself. She's finding her grandfather, and she's also finding her her way in life. Is kind of the symbolism that uh, to help me write the script.
1: You know, Gregory, as as I as a writer, I, I used to do some writing myself. I kind of got out of it, but I know that there is a distinct difference between writing a novel and writing a, a a screenplay. And I've been trying to learn how to do that myself. And I gotta admit, it, it's it's a it's a wonderful talent to be able to do so. And then on top of it, I've also known that in the past when I've had to write like a biography or something about my own family or myself, it's hard to write. So with that in mind, was it how much how difficult was it for you to transition from a novel to this particular screenwriting and and the setup? And then also, did you have any did you have any like writer's blocks having to write about kind of your own family in, in its in its own right? Um, no.
2: Not not really. I mean, maybe sometime in the future I'll have one of those moments where I get writer's block, but um, at least for now, maybe I'm just making up for lost time where all the years I kept saying I want to write, I want to write, and I was just too afraid, you know, the fear of failure sort of thing. Right. So eventually when I just got over that and said I just kind of do it, succeed or fail on my own terms, and everything's just been pouring out, and, you know, I really can't contain myself from writing, it just... Know, basically five to ten pages a day is what I write, and, um, I, well, first I just forget about filtering anything. Once, at the beginning when I tried to write, I tried to say, everything that comes out, make sure, what would my parents think of it, what would somebody else think of it, always, like, sort of self-judging, and I had to first discard that and say, forget about that, take out every fil- filter and just write, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, mm-hmm. and, being myself writing and start kind of being the characters and I, I like to say now that uh, the characters are really the ones that tell the story not me I'm just there kind of moving the pen well nowadays typing the keys and it, it really is true without trying to sound you know too um, intellectual about it. it it really works for me anyway
1: now you guys had a pretty cool cast coming up you had some really big names in this thing which is pretty interesting in itself um, tell me a little bit about that, Ruben. How hard was it to find these people, and when they accepted, what kind of went through your heads?
0: Well, you know, it, it was, um, it was a task in itself, whereas, you know, once we, once Greg had a script together, um, and it, it felt right, and, uh, the next stage was to, um, look for people that could fit that role for, um, for each character that, um, uh, was in the script. And, um and we got a lot, a lot of people that, um, uh, that accepted our request, you know, uh, to, for a, for a, uh, an audition. And um, it just, it just flowed pretty well because a lot of the people that were coming to us um, had, had something about them um, that would be good for this. So we were lucky enough to, to get a good bunch of people. Didn't have to go through so many um, to find the right people. It's just, it just felt right with all the people we were picking, and and um, and um, you know going through the uh, auditions and how well they performed. So it it kind of felt like it was almost like someone in Greg's family that mm-hmm. met all his family, and it, it it kind of felt right. So it wasn't that hard to pick.
1: Well, that's cool. I mean, that de- that definitely brings uh, some type of. Um next level to the movie as well I think does it do you think it helps bring people to watch it having these names in it or do you think that's just just uh, coincidence and just having fun uh, having these types of actors on your movie
0: um, I, I think I think it was more about um, it was more coincidence really because uh, we, we knew a little bit of their background but sometimes that's not always um, a good reason to pick someone
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, um, it, it was more based on uh, how they deliver the lines, and how how they fit, and it just kind of reached us right away. Um, so it didn't really, it wasn't about um, their their precision, say, you know, and in and, and Hollywood and in the film industry, more about
2: how can they deliver and how can they be that character that we're looking for. And, you know, in retrospect, maybe commercially speaking, you know, we should have always just gone and take the person that's the most well-known um, but Ruben and I have been around enough and seen, you know, so many thousands of movies that yes, it's nice to see somebody that whose name you recognize, but a lot of times when we watch a movie and say, Well, that person doesn't really fit, well, they just had to do it to more marketing that purposes. We we wanted to get into this to, to not just fit in a mold that this has to be done this way every time. So like Ruben said, we you know, sure, if somebody has is well known, we'll put them in there. If they can Fit the role. Otherwise, we're not going to sacrifice that just to have a name.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, going through this and stuff and, and cu- putting the movie together, what was one of the most difficult things you had to overcome to make this movie into, into reality?
2: I think it's uh, realizing that the film industry and making a movie is not like uh, so many other endeavors where it's a business or if you're in a corporate America where you, everybody kind of knows their role and is thinking in a kind of a structured way. The filmmaking community, because so many of them are artists, it's like bringing a bunch of uh, Van Goghs and Monets and people together. And um, a lot of times they're they're great, but they think what they're doing is is the right way and not the other person. So sometimes it's like clashes of egos about the creativity, which direction to take it. So that a lot of our role was to really harness those people and make sure that everyone's getting together well and and making sure they collaborate. Um you always hear about how films a collaboration. Well it it might be, but doesn't the, the pegs don't fit together smoothly by themselves. You kinda have to force them and then tell some other people, hey, you know, we'll take the best idea you have, but you know, Bob over here might have a better idea about this. And Sometimes the egos don't really make that happen easily. So that, I think that uh, dealing with the personalities of the creative mind is, was challenging to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, after you've written this, this script and stuff, tell me a little bit about the end result. Is it exactly the way that you saw it? Was there a lot of creative differences that have come along? And, and I guess I guess you could call it, a, what was it, creative... Uh, creative um, uh, ingenuity or something like that where you change it up along the way and was your end result exactly uh, you know better or or um, the same or better than you expected
2: <clears throat> well um, it's definitely changed and uh, I would um, you know that there was not a filmmaker out there that would say the film looks exactly like it was uh, written um, they they you may have heard the expression. There's three stories: There's the one you write, the one you film, and the one you edit. Mm-hmm. And each one can take a totally different course. Um, so, in it, more. And sometimes for better, and sometimes for worse. But um, that's the, the beauty of the edit process. You, you see what you know. It sounded good when you wrote. When I wrote it, it looked good when we were filming it. But some teams work well. Some teams fall flat. So, as with any editing process. Um, there's usually like 5 or 10% that you're just going to take out. So you film more than you have. Like you're going through a bunch of film, you know, photographs on a vacation. You want to take more, and then you pick the best ones when you get home. So it's, it's really because you can plan all you want, but until you get out there, you don't really know. And I have to say, some of the scenes I thought were going to be the best didn't turn out that way. And just the opposite. Some that I thought, oh, this is just, we're just doing that, those are the ones that now at the end move me the most. So it really is a surprising journey, the whole process. But um, to answer your question overall, I'm very happy with the way it turned out. It's, uh, it's, it's just a nice film to watch for everybody. You can sit there, and sometimes you say family film, and many people think, oh, it's boring. Well, it's, it's not. It's um, It's not boring, and it's not corny. I wanted to make a family film that wasn't corny, like a *Leave to Beaver, sort of, you know, we're in the 21st century, so, you know, kids sometimes do yell at their parents, so we're not going to make it so, you know, old-fashioned. It's up to date, but it's still, you know, there's a payoff, uh, a feel-good payoff in it, and I think audiences want to have a satisfying ending to a film,
1: mm-hmm. you know.
2: <laughs> I know I do.
1: Now, Reuben, this one's for you. After doing this and being a part of this and it be, being your first movie, are you going to do it again? And what would you like to see differently next time?
0: Well, yeah, we actually um, um, have done it again. That being our first movie, we have a total of four movies now. Wow. Um, fourth movie is in post production right now. So yeah, we are um, we are doing it. Um, it's a passion that um, that I found through Greg. Um, and, um, I think it's something that, um, that we're going to enjoy, um, uh, uh, continuing to do. So what do you, what do you think we did differently in the second and third? Well, definitely what we did, um, we, um, we, um, we moved locations for one thing. Um, and, uh, we had, I think uh, with the other movies, um uh, in mind, we've, we've Made them a little smaller in scale.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, but, but they're kind of, they're, they're all kind of different in a way because this being a family film and we have, one it's being horror and then one it's um, two horrors and then one's like sci-fi. Um, so it's just, so, so, so they're all different and, but, but, uh, the, the collaboration that we had with all uh, three of them, four of them, uh, they kind of vary with, um, uh, to make a little smaller. Um, and places that they're being filmed in. So I, I don't think there would be anything different that we would do because at the end result for the movies that we have, we have been happy so far with what we've done, exploring all these different avenues.
1: Well, that's exciting and definitely fantastic for you guys, and congratulations on putting out four movies. That's that's amazing. Um, we're running out of time, so tell everybody where they can see Gene. Uh, is it going to be on digital downloads? Is it going to be on... Um, uh, Physical DVDs, or is it going to be in the movies, or what can we expect?
2: It, it's going to be a it's a digital download. Uh, right now, it's on Amazon uh, Prime, um, basically in every country in the world. Um, and it's actually right now it's 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 uh, free, you know, on on Amazon Prime. So if you're a Prime member, we, you know, you pay that yearly subscription, mm-hmm. you can get in there and watch it for for free. And so I think that's a great. A great deal and it, I had the option of like putting up a charge and saying oh it's 199 or 299 but I just don't think people should have to I mean it's, it's uh, they're already paying the Prime membership so just like when people turn on the TV and they have cable they're paying for that already why should they have to pay again another few dollars to watch a movie so um, there's really no you know no reason not to just tune in and see I think everyone's going to like it and uh, it's beautifully done um If you like nature and you like uh, the desert and the mountains and and wild animals, which we like all those things, um, then I I think you really enjoy it. And the the DVD, the physical copy, will be coming out shortly.
1: Mm -hmm. And of course, do you guys have a website for your company where people can see all the movies that you have coming out?
2: Yes, our company name is uh, Giant Meteor Films, so it's... uh, giant meteor is if there's a big meteor coming out of space and ready to hit the Earth. Um, and that's, uh, that's our website. It shows all the movies we have in there. And there's we have a backlog of like 10 other films and scripts that we're uh, in production or in pre-production and planning stages to make. So we're we're really in it uh, for the long haul. And we're trying to do all different types of film genres to, to see what is the best fit and I know everybody likes different types of movies, so we don't want to exclude any particular audience.
0: Sure. Yeah, so we're we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, um, and we're on uh, um, Twitter. And uh, we have pages, gene uh, pages, in Facebook, so the the audience can look up Ruben Estramera or Gregory Woke in Facebook, and uh, they can be invited to the pages that we uh, we care for. So uh, that we're handling. So Gene would be found there and and um, all sorts of information and downloads and where they can go see
1: it. Well, very good, guys. We just about ran out of time. So thank you for coming on, showing, sharing us your passions. And, of course, uh, congratulations on these movies. And I love good, good you know wholesome movies, so I really look forward to watching this movie myself. And I hope everybody else will do the same thing, and I hope that you'll be able to entertain people for a long time.
2: Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having us. Thank you very much, and good luck with your, your writing as well.
1: Well, thank you. All right, guys, we have a quick commercial break coming up, unfortunately, but we'll be right back after that with more guests and more fun, so don't go anywhere.
2: Do you love horror, the strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out Internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award winning photographic collections
1: by visiting
2: www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Hi there. This is Kim Coles, and you
0: can find my newest book, "Open Your Gifts," at openyourgiftbook.com. That's www.openyourgiftbook.com. I hope you'll pick up a copy. Would love to have you read it. Bye.
2: Hi, it's Maurice Bernard. You're listening to the A.M.E.
3: Radio
1: Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We have it online line with us, our special guest. His name is Lucas Roback. He's a speaker, author, and coach, but he's talking to us today about something very dear to his heart. It's the wellness Fair, which airs, which is going to um, debut on October 27, 2018, this year, and we're going to be giving a little bit more information about what this is all about and why it's even here. So welcome to the show, Lucas. How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing good, and uh, thank you very much for having me on your show. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, anytime. So kind of tell us a little bit about why the wellness fair was even needed. What, what brought this about?
3: Well, it was kind of like a series of events, but what really got me started in it was back in 2014 I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. And as I was uh, laying there in my hospital bed, instead of uh, researching what it was and all the horrible things that might possibly do to me at some point in the future, I chose to instead start researching how to successfully live with it, and over the course of the next couple of weeks, that was my main focus on how do I live with this, what's in my control, are my thoughts, my choices, and my actions, and so that's what I focused all my efforts on. What I found was that it's a lot of just natural health and Eastern medicine and everything that uh, was pretty much just not mainstream. There's... So many different things that are out there that people just don't know about. And I was also a a master practitioner of NLP, so I do work with one-on-one with people and I was doing that for a while before I even got diagnosed. And so I was already a vendor in trade fairs and once I realized that all this stuff that's out there is most people don't even know about and then but it's kind of connected the two and really created more of a community than just a trade fair. I say that the trade fair is just another excuse for us to get together. Mm. We're more of a community, and we do a lot of events throughout the year to really build those relationships with each other and to really just help each other achieve that optimal health that we're all looking for.
1: Well, that's interesting because we both share something in common. I was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis in 2014. And it, 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 unfortunately, I probably had it for a lot longer, but they kept thinking it was the flu because I, I had very, very s- few symptoms. And by the time it, it came out, and it came out in in, in uh, like a force, uh, I was at Hollywood Studios and just about died. And I I, I was really lucky and, and everything came out okay. And I'm, I'm one of those ones that I can put it back into remission. I'm not one of the the ones that seems to have the, the, the general where it just constantly tears you apart, but I do have some symptoms all the time. So I kind of know what, what you're talking about with that. How did you find out that you had it, multiple sclerosis? Did you have like an episode like I did, or did they just put you in the hospital or did you go to the test because you had something? How did they find out?
3: Well, um, I, I'm kind of a little bit like you as well as whereas like I had it for quite some time, but I just didn't really notice. It. It was like I, I considered my body, I still consider my body like my car. The longer you drive it, the more like it is to just fix itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there, there, there was a time where it was just my vision just got so blurry I couldn't read, and then all of a sudden my vision was back and. <clears throat> Like uh, bladder, bowel issues, stuff like that—all the fun stuff that we can talk about and get into detail, which I'm not going to. (laughs) uh, But uh, what really got me to uh, try to get myself to the ER was I uh, lost—I was numb and tingly on the left side of my body, and it just kept getting getting progressively worse. And after two weeks of it, I just couldn't take it anymore. Where the walls and chairs and other just random strangers, I was using them as pretty much like my walker my cane to be able to move from one place to the next While i was always holding on to stuff to keep my balance and i was no longer able to hold anything in my left hand so it was just like permanently in my pocket for those two weeks Mm -hmm. Uh, as well as i have a manual car so by using my left foot on the clutch and my left foot i couldn't feel my left leg i was it was just driving me crazy that i was killing the engine all the time and uh so when I went into the ER, they got uh, gave me a CAT scan and then a neurologist came in with a CAT scan, which I guess is, from what I was told, is very rare that he walked in and he's just like, with your symptoms and what, by looking at your CAT scan, you have MS and we're keeping you overnight. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning was when I got an MRI, a lumbar puncture, tons of blood tests and stuff like that, and for them to just pretty much rule everything else out. And during that time was uh, right when I... When they finally finalized my diagnosis of MS, is when I really started the research.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of I kind of went through the same thing, and you know, the first thing you hear is that those words, and, and you you know you sw- it's hard to swallow because you don't know what to do, and, and you know you freak out, and then when you see the stuff online, it's it's horrifying, and um, <laughs> you know I was one of those type of people that I was like you, I wanted research too myself, and I and you know it was funny because I had a hard, I, re- I had a really hard time getting out of bed and um i decided somebody said hey you know what go try acupuncture i'm like sure why not you know what i got to lose nothing so i did i went out and got uh, acupuncture and after the first acupuncture session i was actually able to jump up out of the bed really with hardly any any you know um uh, resistance i could i could do it pretty easily and i started getting the the feeling back in my in my body then after the second one it almost you know it put it in remission for almost an entire year before I had another, before wow. I really had to go back to another one. So I, tr- I truly believe that you know some of these eastern medicines are some of the best things that you can do, and uh, I like that this uh, that this wellness fair has that. Um, so what are the things that you cover at this wellness fair, other than just you know eastern medicine stuff and and other things? What what are some of the things that you do? Is there going to be speakers? Uh, is there doctors that are going to be on hand?
3: Yes. Uh, so how we're really uh, trying to differentiate ourselves from a lot of other fairs is that we're not a product fair. We're more of like a wisdom-sharing community. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to make sure that we have, like, the high-quality health and wellness professionals, we have a extensive application and then an hour-long interview before we even accept you to be a vendor so that when people come and attend, you're getting people that are doctors that have masters or they have numerous certifications. They're osteopaths, they're uh, uh, homeopaths, I believe, or naturopaths, so all, all the different types of uh, wellness professions that are out there, you're able to get certified in it so that when people come, you're actually getting the good quality information rather than just somebody that just woke up one day and decided to be a life coach. We're focusing on the people that are high quality. and We do have speakers. We actually have a speaking event coming up on uh This Thursday, actually, and at that event, that's where uh, we have all the speakers that want to speak at the wellness fair. Mm -hmm. We have them all come in, and it's kind of like almost a competition where we have a panel of uh, uh, judges that we call super fans, and they evaluate all the speakers, and then the top five speakers at the Speakers Jam are uh, speaking at the wellness fair. So that the speakers that we have at the wellness fair, they've already been vetted through the application, through the interview, as well as they had an event where a panel of 10 people evaluated them to pick the top five. So when you come to the the wellness fair and see somebody speak, you know that you're getting extremely high quality content. Like they might not be the best professional speaker out there to where they're anchoring the stage and they don't say ums and ahs we're looking for high quality content. That's really going to make a shift in people's lives.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, when did you, how long has this been going on? Uh, how many years have, have have you been putting this on for?
3: Uh, since 2015. So I was diagnosed in, uh, at the end of May, 2014, actually it was Memorial day weekend when I was diagnosed. (laughs) And then by March, 2015 was when the wellness fair started. So 10 months later from my diagnosis, to starting the wellness fair
1: so what are some of the what are some of the objectives that you guys have when you put on this fair as far as knowledge and everything else what what do you hope to to do what types of aspects do you cover with health conditions is it pretty much every health condition essentially
3: if you want to put if you want to put it like that uh, and the reason why is because each vendor each business that comes in specializes in either something extremely specific, like we have one, one person that focuses solely on diabetes. We have another person that is able to do, like, biometric screening, to be able to just really tell where the body is not functioning to the best. And then from there, you can take that information from there and go to an acupuncturist, a chiropractor, a massage therapist. Maybe just essential oils would help, help do the tricker. Uh, Chinese medicine, do qigong, tai chi. So by doing everything, obviously that's going to most definitely help your overall health and wellness. But if you're looking for something just to work on something extremely specific, it's either you do the research yourself or you talk to people that know what they're talking about, Mm -hmm. and they can refer you to those types of individuals. And uh, a lot of people that are a part of the wellness sphere, they know each other, and so they're able to say, hey, you know what, like you're not the best person, I'm not the best person for you because I'm doing this, but maybe this other modality is definitely going to help you move the needle in in a positive direction.
1: Sure. Now let's just say I'm one of these people that are going to attend the fair. What are some of the things I can expect other than speakers? Are there going to be like any type of uh, health and wellness checks that, that I could go through? Uh, is there screenings? Are there like people that are setting up to do um, Acupuncture that will allow you to give it a try and see how it works for you. It, what kind of things can we expect?
3: I would say yes to that <laughs> to that question again. So uh, each vendor, they all i uh, i give them complete freedom as to what they do as as how they set up their booth as well. As offering uh, education, as well as yes, there are uh, people that do. Uh, you're able to. Dem- they demonstrate you can experiment with whatever services that they have or whatever product that they have. You can see that. Um, so I know that there's massage therapists. They'll actually do the massage right there. It's like a 10 minute free massage or a five minute free massage, acupuncture. So I'm talking to one and he's not 100% certain on his insurance. If it's able to cover it outside of the office in terms of doing test acupuncture or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, the biometric screen. Some people have. Uh, what One individual is planning on bringing her equipment. Uh, there's a chiropractor that does gate scans. He brings up his equipment. And if you ask me what about about gate scans and what it is, I that's uh, beyond my knowledge as of right now. Mm-hmm. But you're able to at least uh, experience just a brief little bit of what it is that they're able to offer, as well as get a lot of education. So it's like. Maybe I just don't like this particular individual, but I'm really interested in what they're offering. And then you can learn more from their, from their materials, and then you can go and find somebody that's more congruent with your values and who you are as an individual. Uh, and then we also do a pre- and post-event. So this year our pre-event is going to be by uh, Mary Beth Rezik with Profoundly Peaceful Massage and Yoga, and she'll be doing like a sound bath with crystal bowls and uh i i she, she may or may not bring her gong i'm not 100 percent certain on that but it's just uh like a meditation before the event and then after the event we have a local Fred Astaire studio that's going to put on like a dance party to get your to show how uh how just dancing ballroom dancing and different types of uh dancing can really be a great form of exercise because a lot of people see ballroom dancing as just uh Something that you do to prepare for a wedding or another event or something like that, whereas it's a great form of exercise and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And so by putting fun and exercise together, because a lot of people may or may not have a negative perception to having fun in the gym. Mm.
1: So I know your this event is October twenty seventh, two thousand eighteen. Where is it located at, and how can people, if they want to be a vendor, is there still time for them to be a vendor? And if you wanted to be just-attend-it, how can you find out more about it and be just-attend-it and have some fun uh, learning?
2: All right, so
3: the event is at the Waukesha County Expo Center, which is obviously in Waukesha, which Mm -hmm. is just outside of Milwaukee. And to find more information about it, it, go to thewellnessfair.org. So you actually have to type in T-H-E for the. So it's thewellnessfair.org. And if you want to become a vendor, just add slash apply at the end of that. And also on our homepage, too, you can see like an apply link to apply to be a vendor. Uh, We are still accepting vendors, not for much longer, solely because we have a a lot of moving parts and to be able to make all that happen, we have to cut off the uh,
1: application at a certain point. You know, it's really funny because that's exactly where my wife is from, Waukesha. (laughs) So, I know exactly where that place is, that's pretty crazy. So uh, uh, very
3: small world. You have MS, and your wife is from Waukesha.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, she uh, she went to um, she went to Waukesha High School, and uh, she was born and raised in Big Bend and everything else. So it's pretty it's pretty crazy, and uh, it is a small world, isn't it?
3: Absolutely, it
1: is. So now that uh, we kind of know about this particular uh, event. Tell me a little bit about yourself, too. Are you are you doing okay? Are you are you uh, finding the things that are going to help you get better? Are you maintaining it? Are you in a lot of pain? Um, and uh, what are some of the things that you have adapted to your life to uh, help you with this?
3: All right. So um, as of right now, I'm in no pain. Uh, it's actually kind of funny, too, when it comes to, like, I'd rather research how to successfully live with it rather than what it is, is when I was in the hospital, it's Everyone was, like, all the nurses and the doctors, they were surprised that I didn't have headaches. And then all of a sudden, I developed headaches for a couple weeks, and then it's like, okay, hold on. They installed that belief in me that I'm supposed to have headaches. So, And with that being said, like, my main thing, I'm all about the mind, the Mm -hmm. mental and emotional aspect of of, uh, living a healthy life is because of, We have, like, the the spiritual energetic health, which is kind of like the Tai Chi, Qing Gong. You can even put yoga in there, meditation, prayer, whatever it is, however it is that you want to call that. And then we have the mental, emotional, and physical body. The physical body is, that's exercise. And the mental and emotional, that's our thoughts. And so by controlling my thoughts, it actually helps my physical body. Uh, I can't remember exactly what year. I know it was in, I think, maybe Two thousand fourteen possibly. But Dr. Patrick Hill and Doctor Nicholas Torriano, they did a fourteen year study with over twelve thousand participants. So it's obviously a very valid study with that many participants over that long of a duration. And what they were focusing on is what the effect of having a life purpose has on people. And when you have a and what they found is over the course of that fourteen years, obviously with that many people, people are going to pass away. It's just inevitable. But they found that the only people that did pass away were the people that showed low signs of having a purpose in life. And the people that showed that they did have a strong life purpose and were taking action towards it, they lived, they were healthier, happier, more fulfilled, and inevitably that technically, because obviously 14 years, it's only 14 years, but theoretically speaking, they would live longer. And so what I did is I before I even got diagnosed, I was like on the path of trying to discover my purpose and being diagnosed definitely helped it. That was like it was like being handed my purpose on a silver platter when I was in that hospital room. And just by knowing what my purpose is in life and then taking every single day, I like seven days, eight days a week, always working towards fulfilling my purpose, that helps me personally. Because my mind is more positive as well as just by being more fulfilled and happier and doing what I love doing,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and it affects the physical body.
1: I know exactly those, what you're talking about because I do the same thing. I, in fact, I, I, I've been saying the same thing for a long time, and that's one of the reasons I do this radio show, believe it or not. And it's helped me not only with my speech because it does affect my speech, but it also affects, uh, you know, gives me something to, to look forward to and, and, and help people with. So, I, you know, I love that, that concept of yours.
3: Absolutely. I, I wish it was my concept. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's just a matter of, uh, and other things that I do is uh, meditate. I read every day, right. Yeah, so people will say, like, oh, I read that book, but with, with an audible book, you're just listening versus when you're reading the book, you're actually exercising your mind. And so by reading, like, I personally encourage reading nonfiction, biographies, something that's positive versus a fictional fantasy book because by reading, you're exercising your mind and by reading either personal development, the health book, a weight loss book, whatever it might be, you're consuming information that's going to help you achieve whatever result it is that you want because by putting positive information inside of you, you're going to achieve positive energy. And there's other uh, types of ways that you can exercise your mind, like do, like brain games, Have, playing Lumosity. I personally use Lumosity, and there's other apps out there if you just type in brain games into whatever... Uh, App store is that you have on your phone. You're able to find just tons of different stuff to exercise your mind. Because by having a strong mind, you're going to have a strong body. A weak mind is going to produce a weak body. And so, I personally focus on developing my mind.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. You've given a lot of great advice to people, and you know, I I know exactly what you're going through. I don't wish this on anybody, but I'm glad that it's taking that you're taking control of it, and you're not in any pain right now and um before we go though please tell everybody a little, once again where they can find out more about this particular uh expo and where they can find out more about you do you have any websites uh, social media networks or anything like that that you want to share go ahead yeah, so for the wellness fair just go to the
3: once again like type in t h e for the wellnessfair.org and then to find more about me it's uh lucasroback.com that's L-U-C-A-S-R-O-B as in boy A-K dot com and to find me personally on social media it's just at lucasjroback and then the wellness fair is at the wellness fair
1: well Lucas thank you for coming on the show talking about what you're going through and um, hopefully you get your information here and your expo will open up people's eyes to help, take the, to help con- them take control of their health as well
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jason.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have more, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career, having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios, and Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. Hey everybody, this is Jason, and I have something I want to talk to you guys about. Last year, as you know, so many of my family suffered a stroke. These things come on unannounced, and it can cost you your life. Why? Because it's usually from high blood pressure or clots, and you don't know you have these problems because it generally has no symptoms. One way to ensure that you don't have high blood pressure is to test it regularly. But who has the time to do it? You have to sit down, strap a blood pressure cuff on, and take the test. And they're bulky and hard to travel with. Now there's a product called Hilo LX. The stylish piece of technology not only looks good, but it tests your vitals all the time on demand. Check your blood pressure, see how many steps you've done, see your heart rate, see how much sleep you get, how many calories you burn. It checks it all while you do what you want to do. Then you can check the results right on an app on your phone. I bought it for my family members and you should too. To get yours, go to amemagazine.worldgn.com and get it, or any of their stylish accessories. In doing so, you'll invest in your health and help the AME experience get our word out and be the voice of artists everywhere. So what are you waiting for? That address again is amemagazine.worldgn.com.
3: Your time hasn't come yet, baby. Got a lot of dreams to go Your time hasn't come yet, baby
1: Hey guys, it's Jason Dowd and I got a special announcement for you. You know, it's hard to believe, but 2018 marks the 50th anniversary of Elvis Presley's Speedway co-star victoria page meyerink will be making personal appearances throughout the year sharing her memories of elvis visit meyerink.com that's m-e-y-e-r-i-n-k.com to find out where or to host a screening or speedway event of your own with victoria she's going to be bringing candid special behind the scenes memories of working with elvis again to find out how you can have your own personal screening or speedway event with victoria just go to meyerink.com M-E-Y-E-R-I-N-K dot com.
2: The little boy next
3: door who only makes you sore turn
2: your Hi, this is Marshall Hilton from Primal Rage, and you're listening to AME Radio with your host, Jason. Kick butt, Jason!
1: Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are about ready to close out the show. But did you like what I did at the beginning of the show when I took out It Ain't Even Done With The Night and I was just talking about night? Huh? Huh? Yeah, that's pretty clever. I liked it. I thought I, I, I thought it was clever anyway. Okay, so we were we are about ready to close out the show for today. We will be back again next week. We have two shows every week. We're on Friday and Saturday. And if you want to know where to find us, all you have to do is go to our website, or listen to this list. We're on AMFM247.com every Friday and Saturday at 6 a.m. on Friday and 5 p.m. Saturday night. We are on 11 other AMFM stations as well. We are also on WKLAP every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are on Radio Love every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Radio LUV. We are on PhoenixBroadcasting.com. We are also on iHeart iTunes and Spotify on demand. So just go check that out. If you don't know how to find us, type in the search link on their website as AME Radio Show or you can get the links directly from our website. That's all I have for you guys tonight. Have a great night. We'll see you again next week with more great guests, more great talk. Good night everybody. That's the
3: end. So we're
1: done. Calm down people. Calm down. Okay?
3: That's it.